Congratulations, you've been promoted. Time to lead your team, your business, or maybe a project. Yet once the excitement wears off, you feel alone, or maybe a bit lost. And you say to yourself, now what? Now what do I do? Well, don't worry, stay right here, because we're here to help. My name is Glenn Pash and as CEO of multiple companies, I have taught and trained hundreds of leaders a structured way to build successful teams. Each week, I share inspiring conversations with successful leaders who will discuss their own journey, along with sharing practical tips and strategies to help you become the leader that you want to be. Welcome to You're in Charge, Now What? Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of You're in Charge, Now What? I'm your host, Glenn Pash. And as always, we're here to help you gain skills, to help you become the leader that you are looking to become. And today I want to focus on a topic that's been going around for a while, and it is focusing on this idea of why your training is not working. You think that, one, your ability as a coach or a leader is you know, improving, or in some cases, if you're experienced, you think you're a really good leader and, and a great coach or a great trainer, but for some reason, it's not sticking. And you're wondering why. A lot of times the first finger starts pointing downstream at your team and we start blaming them because, well, they're not doing what I need them to do. They're not applying all of the things that I've given them to, you know, help them achieve, be it the technology they have, the training, maybe I'm bringing in another trainer. We we get very frustrated because we're not seeing those goals being achieved so that we can raise the goal potentially to achieve our overall long-term success. So I want to talk about why your training's not working, give you some tips to be able to adjust so that you can be more successful. So uh, I have a couple things written down so we don't miss them. So I want to start with letting you understand that research shows that only 9%, 9% of the people that set out and lay out a goal to achieve something in the future, maybe over the course of a year, you say, I want to lose this amount of weight. I need my, my company to scale from X to Y. Only 9% achieve it because they give up. The numbers are staggering. 23% will give up, give up after a week, 43% after a month. So think of all of those New Year's resolutions people lay out and within a month they're back. And, and you're wondering why. Why is this happening? Is it me as a leader? Is it them? Is it a disconnect? Well, I think there's a couple things that we have to focus on. And once we understand why, why people give up, I think then we can start addressing it because we'll know it ahead of time and we can put plans in place. If we're aware of where we're going, we know what hurdles, what obstacles we can address them as they come up. So number one, pain. So very similar to a workout, pain, when my body starts hurting, I think one, I'm doing something wrong or the pain is just too much and I give up. And it's very similar when you're implementing a new process or a new strategy into your company, well, maybe we're changing, let's say, CRMs or we're changing uh, the way that we are uh, uh, meeting our customers or greeting our customers or logging our customers, whatever uh, you know piece of your process. 
anytime we're changing something, there is inherent pain. Now, again, it may not be physical pain like I'm working out, but pain can be seen as discomfort in changing my schedule, changing tasks. I, it takes me longer to do something. So frustration starts to build. So number one, is of course pain. Now, if we take a step backwards for a moment, some of that pain can be caused by the fact you as a leader haven't given them notice that we're changing something. It's just dropped on their lap. Now, none of us like to be surprised like that. Oh, we're doing a whole new thing. Oh, we're changing our technology. The trainer's here. We need to make sure that one, as leaders, we prepare our team for the change as far out as in advance as we can. Not so long they forget but maybe it's a month, maybe it's three. And every day we're talking about it like a countdown and we're doing any training we can to prepare them. But understand there is going to be pushback. One, if you don't tell them. And number two, that idea of pain, uh, we have to be aware of it. Now, number two, lack of support. Now, I'm not talking just you as a leader, lack of support. Maybe it's lack of support when they go home or they talk about something new and, and, the family or friends, they don't really care. They don't want to hear it. They don't understand. And that's not uncommon. But what happens when it's internally, meaning that the teams are not supporting each other, they're they're just trying to win for themselves. What happens when some people start achieving and some people are left behind and there's that friction and disconnect, resentment that someone's working harder than me? especially if it's a new hire. Think of it this way. Uh, we do a very good job in our new hire training of getting everybody set up those first few days, but then we put them out onto the sales floor, or we put them in their position, and then no training happens. And they're left on their own. And you're hoping that someone, uh, uh, an experienced employee is going to help mentor them and give them guidance. But some people look at that as competition. They come in and do a good job. Is that going to cost me my job? So unless you purposefully assign a mentor, there could be this idea of lack of support, let alone your own support in terms of ongoing training. Number three, results take time. And we are in such an Instagram fast, get me my likes type of mentality where if we don't have anything given to us so, so quickly, we don't want it anymore. This idea of we need to work for something. It takes time to develop. We're starting to lose that. So this, we have to be very clear on when results, you know, the long-term results, when we're going to achieve that goal, but we need to set up mile markers as a leader. Think of it. Uh, a friend of mine talked about it, running a marathon. He said, you know, when you think of 26 miles or 26.3 miles, it's a little overwhelming. But he ran 5Ks, and in his mind, a 5K was easy. So he said, I have to look at it. How many 5Ks, how many 5Ks do I have to do to achieve the goal? He broke it down into checkpoints. So he kept thinking, well, if I did two, now I just have, let me get through the next 5K and the next 5K and the next 5K. It was easier for him to digest. So same thing for your goals. If you're trying to increase your sales by say 50%, we say, well, this month we're looking for a 10% increase, then another 10%, and then a 20%, whatever it is, it breaks it down. So people don't get overwhelmed with the amount of the goal that we're trying to achieve because results take time. And a lot of times that early frustration, remember we talked about it, that pain 
it can slow down as we get acclimated. And a lot of times it's like a hockey stick where in the beginning it might be very flat and then all of a sudden we accelerate. But it's during that flat time that we have to continue to encourage our team that we will get there by setting smaller goals. Now, the last one is skipping steps. It's very easy. I go back to working out. You're a little sore. I worked hard for the last three days. I worked out the last three days. I'm going to skip a day. By skipping a day, what happens is, is you get comfortable in saying, I'm going to skip another day. Or now your routine becomes, well, every three days I take a day off versus maybe changing your workout, doing something, but maybe it's not as heavy lifting or you're doing more stretching or doing yoga where you're continuing on your journey, but you might pivot a little bit. But same thing when you're working through your processes. If I can skip a step or push a step over till the next day, then I start getting in the habit of pushing things off when I don't feel like doing it today. And those things stack up and those things slow down your process. So those are four reasons why we as individuals don't achieve our goals. Going back to that 9%, why only 9%? But if you're aware of this and you know it ahead of time, you can help set the table for your team. Okay. So now we we understand all of that and we've created a process. And, and this is a key point. You have to create the process that you want. Don't design your process around the people that you have there because those people may not be there a long time. You need to develop your process for the best of the company. And it has to be clearly laid out step by step by step. It's not designed for a certain person. We don't design our processes uh, around the 20% of maybe things that fall out of the normal. We want to look at if we follow this process, this is the right behavior. These are the right actions that we will achieve our goal. So that's what we want to design. And it's easier to listen to this. It's easier to lead someone to a process than shove a process on top of people. They will fight you because they're already doing something and you're pushing on them to change versus we have the process, we lay it out ahead of our journey and we guide everyone to get there. So I hope you understand that. Get the process done first, then begin your training and lead them to that. Now, I see a lot of teams I'm brought in to help develop these strategies, you know, not only through marketing, but through process for sales and leadership for organizations. And when teams are underperforming, I always look to, one, the leader to see what their actions are on a day-to-day -day basis. Number two, I look for a, a, the process. Is there a written process? And a lot of times they have processes, but the execution is what I will call consistently inconsistent. And leaders know it. Well, we can't get our people to do that. We know they skip steps going back to those four pain points that we had. We're, we stopped doing what we needed to do, one, because we had that pushback, or we went on to go do something else and understand, as I've said in earlier podcast episodes, the focus of the leader is the focus of the team. If you are now focused on something else, they will focus on that as well. They will think what we were focused on is no longer important. So we need to understand that doesn't mean I have to spend a long amount of time on something in the past, but I'm constantly asking questions, checking on the metrics to make sure they know I'm looking. So when we have this process and we want to get everyone trained on this and we want to implement this, implementation is the hardest part. Creating the process, pretty simple. 
Initial training, pretty good. It's this ongoing implementation to make sure it sticks. That's where the hangup is. So I'm going to give you the training process that I've used to help thousands of employees and managers achieve success. This is a training process. This is, but you can use this for whatever you're training someone on. It's a new CRM. It's a new way to log phone calls. It's a new way to make phone calls. It's a new way you could use this to teach your child how to throw a baseball, how to swing a bat, how to write anything because it's a training process. It's not tied to an individual piece of technology, something along those lines. All right. So let's dive in first. First thing we need to do is we need to explain the process and explain what we're going to be doing. It sounds easy, but a lot of times these steps are skipped because in this explanation of the process, there are three parts. There is the, what is this new process? What actually is going to happen? What are the steps? What's going to change? Number two is why are we changing this? This is key, not just for the business, but also for the employees. Why is it important that we do change this? And then number three is how, and how falls into two parts. How are we going to train and implement? And then also how is the actual process functioning? We need to map all of these steps out because we'll be referring back to them. But if you skip any of the what, why, and how, and just say, we have a new process and dive right into the training. It won't stick because people don't know what's in it for them or why we're doing it for the organization. So number one, explain the process. Number two, we want to demonstrate the new process. And I know some of you are sitting here thinking, I'm not going to demonstrate how to log into a CRM. I'm not going to demonstrate how to make a phone call. I'm not going to X, Y, Z, because these are adults. They should know better, especially if you have veteran employees and you are wrong. You are setting your team up for failure. Why do I say that? Ever since we have been young children, up to probably 18 years old in high school, we were always shown how to do things. We were shown how to hold a pencil. We were shown how to hold a, a baseball. We were shown how to do math. We went up on the board and we did our math and somebody watched us, but someone showed us first and we watched them do it and we tried to mimic what they were doing. And there was no misunderstanding because we watched someone do it. So it's important for you to do this step. I know it can seem to be frustrating, but it will save you time in the long run because if I stand up and I read a script a certain way and say, this is how I want you to sound, and I do it, there's no misunderstanding. If I tell somebody what to do, they interpret in their mind what they think should be happening. And that's the problem is all of a sudden at 18 years old, we have changed how we teach adults. Their whole life, they were shown things. And now at 18, we say, well, we don't have to do that anymore. We're going to tell them what to do. They should understand what's in my mind. And then we get frustrated when we go back and we say, well, how did you end up over here? It's because you didn't take the time to demonstrate. So demonstrate what you want them to do. Next is role play. So practice it. What I mean by role play can be if it's a script, swap sides. This time I'm the customer and you're the salesperson and vice versa. Role play could be, I want you all to log in. I want you to log into your analytics. I want you to log into this system. I want you to, all of you to fill out the report. 
So they're actually doing what you want them to do, what they just saw you to do. So that way you can confirm that they're doing it the right way. And the next piece if ties into that is giving them that feedback. Oh, this, these three steps are good, but you missed this. Understand what we're doing. We're role-playing with them and giving them feedback and coaching them because we're practicing in the training room versus practicing on customers. We don't want to practice on customers. We want to practice in our own little safe haven. So it's important for us to do that. That again, takes a little bit of time on the front end, but it'll save you in the long run. Why? Because by the time they leave the training room, they should be doing what you need them to do. If they're doing it, think about it later on when I come back, if they drifted off, I can get them back on track because they were doing it before. Notice that there isn't that interpretation of, I told them they guessed what I wanted. They go do it. I go over. I see something completely different. I get frustrated. They get frustrated. It's because you didn't take the time to demonstrate role play and watch them do it, give them feedback. So at the very end, you go, great. Now you're doing what I need you to do. Now, there is one piece in this as well. Before you let them go, make sure they explain to you what the change was. Explain what the process is. Explain what the steps are. You might say, well, Glenn, why am I doing that? Because I just watched them doing it. Because people can mimic what you're doing and then walk out of the room and forget what they're supposed to do. Because all they did in the short term was mimic you thought they had it, make sure they explain it to you and it locks it into their brain because they may turn around and go, well, it's A, B, D. And you go, well, A, B, C, D. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It will, again, save you time. So once we've done the, uh, the explanation, demonstration, role play, communication, giving them feedback, now the point is you need to make sure that you are following up inspecting and coaching. This is the key. It now becomes you as the leader, your consistency of inspecting. Now, if it's a new process, maybe you talk about it every day in your meeting and you're out on the floor with your team or you're inspecting what's going on. And maybe you have to go check two or three times a day to make sure that they don't drift. Understanding they will drift. Remember what we said in the beginning, those four pain points. One of the pain points was lack of support. And if, if it is tough for them or they're struggling with it, they will drift back to what they were doing before, what was easy, hoping that you don't come around and check and we just go back to what we wanted and maybe we don't achieve the goals we want. So it's your job as a leader to now build into your schedule, inspection, coaching, and feedback. Now, what we're hoping is if I have to look at Let's pick one individual and I check three times a day. Eventually they're doing things well. Maybe it's twice a day. Maybe it's once a day. Maybe it's three times a week, twice a week, once a week, twice a month. The point is you never stop inspecting. Remember what I said earlier, the minute you stop inspecting, that means it's not important for you and then it's not important for your team. So it's really important that you're constantly inspecting and coaching, hoping that those coaching sessions are going to be very fast and you're just complimenting them or you're giving them more advanced techniques or subtle changes that helps them become more efficient and more effective. The key is consistency. You want to have a consistently consistent team, not a consistently 
inconsistent team. Remember, part of their execution is based on your inspection, based on how you explained the process, mapped out the process, coached them on the process, and then made sure that it was always important to you in your follow-ups, in your meetings. And we march towards our goal, achieving those checkpoints till we ultimately are cheap. Now, if you follow that process and understand those four pain points, map out your process, train that way, you will be putting yourself in a much more um, positive light to your team, to yourself, and more importantly, you will start achieving more of your goals in a more consistent measure. So I hope you found value in this. If you did, you know the drill. First, hit the like button. Don't forget to subscribe because every week we share out solo podcasts like this. We have uh, leadership conversations with some fantastic individuals who are going to share their stories and their strategies for you as well. Not just inspiration, but tactical things that you can apply. Make sure you share this out. I'm sure there's someone in your network that could benefit from this. And as always, I thank you for your attention. It means the world to me that you come listen or you come and watch because I know there's a lot of content out there as well. So as we say at the end of every episode, you're in charge. Now you have a few more tools for your toolkit to help you become the manager that you want to be. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.